Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you so much for joining us today for this episode of Hope Along the Journey. Hi, I'm Mark Cravens, and I am your podcast host. And it's a delight to have you with us for these next few minutes as we share with you a story of God's grace and love and mercy. Uh, This podcast and its purpose is to encourage, strengthen, to edify, and hopefully even provide some insight for you as you travel along life's journey. We always point to Jesus Christ, for truly Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. It's a pleasure today to have here with me at the uh, study here where I'm recording this today, Michael Temple, who attends my church here as part of my congregation, he and Becky. Michael, welcome to today's episode of Hope Along the Journey. Thank you, Pastor. It's great to be here today. Yeah, great to have you. I'm so glad you consented to do this. Uh, I know it's probably not the... on your top 10 things I, I want to do, but I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you agreed to do it anyway. It's a close 11th. <laughs> close 11th. <laughs> well, we're going to share Michael's story here in just a few moments, but before we do that, I just would like to invite you, my friends, if you would, to visit our website. Go to www.hopealongthejourney.org. Again, that's just www.hopealongthejourney.org. And whenever the pop-up screen comes up that says stay in touch, we'd love to get you to sign up for our newsletter. We've got a newsletter that comes out uh, roughly every month or two, and we would love to have you on our newsletter email list. Please join us on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. You can also even connect with me through LinkedIn. If you just look up my name, Mark Cravens, you'll find me there. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Let us know you're listening. Maybe even send us uh, a subject title you would love to hear us talk about or share about here on the podcast. We would love to hear from you. Now, back to today's guest at Michael Temple. Uh, So, Michael, just kind of start us off by telling us a little bit about who you are and the kind of the work that you do. Sure. So I am a uh, registered nurse by background and uh, graduated around 2008 or 2009 with my uh, nursing degree and uh, immediately began a, a career as a uh, working as a bedside nurse here in the Cincinnati area and um, did that for several years, loved, uh, loved what I did. And then as the hospital that I worked at uh, began, as many other hospitals were at the time, uh, implementing an electronic medical record. Uh, became involved in that project and uh, uh, actually never went back to the bedside. I started out uh, training uh, as as a trainer and then um, progressed into kind of the build and and the uh, IT side of that project. And that was in uh, 2011. So I've been doing that for the last uh, 12 years and enjoy that immensely. It's been a a very gratifying career. I've been able to work with a lot of uh, 
great folks, clinical folks that, um, and, and learned a lot in that, in that role. That's neat. And you're able to work from home too, aren't you? Correct. Correct. I had the ability to do that even prior to COVID, um, intermittently. We were allowed a couple of days a week. And then since, uh, the pandemic started again, went home that, that first week as, as many who were able to work from home did and, and never went back to a, uh, to an office setting since then. It's kind of nice working from home in your house shoes, right? It, 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 it very much so. <laughs> and your favorite cup of coffee, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. No Cincinnati traffic. It's, there it's, there you <laughs> go. That, that's, that's a blessing, that's for sure. Well, you know, Michael, when we sat down, especially the day when you, you and I went out for breakfast the other day and we're talking, uh, one of the things that I, you know, we talked about was your religious upbringing as a child. So kind of take us on a journey of your life going back and tell us a little bit about your your childhood, your religious upbringing, and those your teen years. What did that look like for you there in Michigan? Sure. So I grew up in uh, West Michigan and uh, grew up in a Christian home, was raised in the church and, and uh, attended my whole life from, from infancy, mm-hmm. and, um, and uh, attended a Christian school there through the church, K through 12. Um, and then after high school, went to Bible college, uh, two different Bible colleges, but graduated uh, with a bachelor's degree, actually originally in business before I mm-hmm. uh, had a career change and then went into nursing right after that. But um, but yes, was 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 raised in the church. Always had uh, you know desire for a relationship with God and pursued that throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Um, from from you know the early yeah. stages that I can remember yeah. for you know, church camp meetings things like that. Yeah. So did you did you ever go to youth camps and some of those kind of events as well? I did. I did. Uh, was able to attend several years in my uh, in during my teen years or early mm-hmm. preteen years or into my early teens. Uh, youth camps, those types of events. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of school and uh, church-related right. events, as you know, religious events as well. So you went to again Christian education, raised in a Christian home, raised in a good, solid church. Went even off to a Bible college, and then eventually got your nurses training. What what point? What time? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this, but when did you meet Becky? So I met Becky actually through work. That was in 2014, and. Um, uh, we were on. We worked uh, for the same company. Worked kind of on the same project, and and a specific project actually brought us together to work even more closely. And um, and and as a result of that, uh, definitely took an interest in each other. And uh, <laughs> that'd be a very interesting story. She, her version would be better than mine. But oh, um, <laughs> yeah, I wish she were here. That would right. it would probably be very interesting. You probably chased her till she caught you. Yes, is yes, that kind of yeah. how it was? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, Becky, such a sweetheart. So how many years have you and Becky now been together, roughly? You better get this close. Right. I have yeah. to stop. So we were married in 2017, so we've been married about six and a half years. Oh, and great. Um, wonderful years. So yeah. uh, very much uh, very much been the huge bright spot in my life. That's wonderful. And she is. She's such a pleasant, wonderful uh, person. She really is. So Christian education, Christian home, Christian church, Christian college— and yet somehow, at some point, it's kind of like you started, your life started veering off course somewhat. So what do you, what do you think maybe contributed to you uh, drifting away from, from the faith of your childhood and losing focus on what was really important in your life? We had this conversation the other morning at Cracker Barrel, and so I thought I'd like to kind of go back and readdress that again. Like, what, what kind of, what do you think contributed, what factors that kind of drew you away from what was really 
important in life? Sure. And, I, and I'm glad you asked me that because I think answering those questions was probably, was actually personally a, a great time of self-reflection for me. Um, and just a, you know, a few thoughts that I had put together that, that could have contributed to that. I think one is that um, I think I've always had a mentality of kind of looking to the future and perhaps not living in the moment or taking the moment to focus on what's most important. I think, um, you know, I tend to think, well, if I can get through whatever the, not, maybe not crisis, but whatever the uh, the pressing, urgent issue is yes, of today, right. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll relax, I'll, I'll, you know, enjoy life more down the road, I'll have prepared now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess to apply that to the spiritual realm, you know, I'll, I'll focus on on God and, and my relationship with Him and, and, and getting that at, at a deep, back to a deeper level, you know, down the road when I get mm-hmm. past right. whatever that thing is. Uh, so <laughs> Yeah, after 30, then it's after 40, it's, but it always just keeps pushing out further, doesn't it? Right, yeah. right. So maybe okay. part procrastination, um, you know, but, but, but again, kind of a mentality that, um, you know, instead of, instead of realizing that that moment needs to be now, it's, you know, I've got this other thing going on and, and um, you know, I'll, I'll focus on that. And then, you know, in, in due time, I'll, 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 you know, turn my focus back to God and, and that relationship. Yeah, you had good intentions. Right. I would right. probably somebody would just sit down and talk to you, be God honest, you'd probably say, oh, yeah, I really do intend at some point to get serious in my relationship with God and get, you know, deep in that relationship. But, you know, it's amazing how the enemy really does deceive us into just kind of pushing that out and other things become, you know, what you said, the, the, what is urgent or what seems to be at the moment so important kind of takes precedent over look, stepping back and looking at the big picture, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. And and I think, you know, another thing al- along with that, you know, letting little things come in the way. Uh, for example, something as simple as just faithfully attending church and letting, mm-hmm. um, you know, start may start as, you know, something small that comes up and, and then one thing leads to another and, and that compounds. And, and then I think... Um, you know, you, you realize that that Satan will always throw those things in your way, and and I yes. kind of feel like the more you give into that, uh, the more things come in your way to distract you. You know, I right. think once once he realizes perhaps that uh, <laughs> that's yeah. your weakness or you're susceptible to that, it, it doesn't get easier; it gets harder. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it seems to be have been my experience with that as well. Right, you develop these new habits, and you get in the habit of not going to church, and then the next thing you know. It's hard to break that habit. You're you're in that routine, and that's kind of the way you're living life, and which probably you never th- would have looked back years before. And you would have thought, no, there there'll never be a time when I won't be in church on Sunday, and yet little by little, not intentionally or maliciously, but you just start missing more and more Sundays, and the next thing you know, yeah, then another new habit has emerged in your life, and boy, it's hard to break. That habit, isn't it? It it really is. It, yeah. it really is. Was there anything else you think that maybe contributed as well? You know, I think that the the third thing that I had had kind of captured that I think contributed was just a lack of awareness to what uh, you know facing a true crisis in life without God looked mm-hmm. like, um, or without that deeper relationship with God um, really looked like. You know, not that life had been. Necessarily easy for me, but it hadn't been difficult. You know, I, right, I really right. had, had 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 a um, you know, like I said, a, a very great great upbringing. Um, you know, school, church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no no major crises in my life that that really made me understand if I don't have that 
uh, relationship with God at that level? What is that going to look like if I have to face that? Yeah. It's kind of like you, uh, and, and I, if I'm saying this wrong, you'd let me know, but you were getting along okay. Yeah. Without a deep walk with God, without a close relationship with God, life was getting, clicking along pretty good for you and Becky. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't like your marriage was in trouble or your finances were in trouble. Life was clicking on and you were kind of living the good life, weren't you? It, that's exactly right. You know, it was the, the American dream and, and, um, and, and uh, you know, happy by all accounts with, with where, mm-hmm. where I was in life, where we were in life. And, um, you know, again, just not realizing what was missing at that, that point in time. Right, right. But all that changed, didn't it? It did. Yeah. It did. Well, uh, what tell us a little bit about what brought about the wake up that recently took place in your life, uh, because a real a real wake up call did come to you, didn't it, Michael? It did. Yeah. It did, and it came in a moment. Uh, so I guess it would be back in uh, very late March. Uh, and prior to that, I had been experiencing some physical symptoms and and seen the doctor, mm-hmm. and uh, was sent in for a uh, colonoscopy. And as I woke up from from anesthesia, from having that procedure, I could see that that Becky, that my wife, had been in tears and thought that was perhaps just nerves from, uh, you know, the stress of the procedure. And uh, soon thereafter, the uh, gastroenterologist came in and said, as a result of the uh, of the procedure that they had just done, they discovered that there was a mass in my colon, and uh, she confirmed right away or, or, or labeled that as being uh, cancerous. It, she wasn't. You know, needing any scan or anything like that, or any biopsy uh, to be completed to to confirm that she had she was labeling it right away as cancer. So it was confirmed immediately that you had cancer. Correct. Yeah. What's it like to hear that word cancer? I mean, that's like the word that no one wants to ever hear. What was it like for you to hear that word? You know, Michael, Mister Temple, you've got cancer. It, it it almost in that moment it almost seemed it, it was very surreal. Um, I was literally still kind of coming out of anesthesia. I mean, I remember it very well, so I was I was definitely awake. But um, you know, I think maybe that blunted the immediate um, the immediate effect of it. But it, it was you know, I just I didn't go in there having any any idea. I thought you know they they may find something minor or something you know that I would be. Having to deal with 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 some sure. type of treatment, yeah. but um, yeah. definitely nothing, no no clue that anything like that could be could yeah. be coming. So it was it definitely was a shock to put it to put it mildly, but yeah. blunt, a little bit blunted just in that that exact moment. Uh, from that. And that was hard for Becky. You said she was even crying when you woke up, which kind of made you think something's going on here. Yeah, like yeah. like I said, I I, I guess in I, prior to knowing, I, I kind of chalked it up to just you know, extreme stress and worried and, and, you know, worried about me being under anesthesia. And, and uh, obviously once I, once I found out what was going on, it made perfect sense that she would have been um, in tears and, and, yeah. and distraught. So what, how did it unfold uh, the, the diagnosis and then the treatment and, and kind of weave into how God began to work with you? Through this whole process, sure, and I and I can't tell the story without without calling out the fact that um, it almost from from that moment and 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 I soon started realizing this. We we stu- soon started realizing uh, that, that God was at work throughout all of this because uh, you know before I even left the hospital, the the uh, gastroenterologist ordered a a um, CAT scan, a CT scan of my chest, abdomen, and pelvis, and and during the course of that, another um, 
node was nodule was was discovered on my liver, mm-hmm. and uh, that led to um, follow up and a couple of follow up MRIs that were um, done within just a couple of days time. And uh, of course, she immediately referred me to an oncologist and a, and a surgeon, and um, soon got the results of the MRI back and basically confirmed that it was very likely to be uh, metastasis from from the colon to the liver. Uh, which then did, did render the diagnosis as being stage four, the staging of the cancer as being stage four by, by virtue of the fact that it had already started metastasizing. So that in and of itself, of course, was, was very sobering. Sure. Um, and then, uh, so by, that was on a, actually, I think a Thursday or a fr- Thursday uh, that the colonoscopy and all of that came about. I had scans over the weekend. And then Wednesday was kind of the big day that next week when I was going to meet with the oncologist and um, and the and the colorectal surgeon mm-hmm. and I, you know we were both my wife and I especially me I, just distraught throughout the weekend. I got the results yeah. from the MRI; they weren't favorable. Uh, even prior to meeting with a surgeon, thanks to the uh, <laughs> the miracles of the the medical record that I that I actually work for so right. <laughs> or work on. So I did get that immediate release and and did look at those results and, and knew. So um, you know had some some family members that really stepped in and helped. Um, kind of be there for us in those couple right. of days that um, that we were just trying to get through till we could find out what the prognosis was, what what the treatment options were. And, you know, as, as, as this unfolded, I started to see, you know, not only um, had God put specific people in my life kind of leading up to this moment, you know, physicians that I had worked with for a number of years that were able to counsel me, um, you know, to tell me that as, as the treatment team was assembled, I know one told me that, you know, he said, I have the best treatment team uh, that I could possibly have under the circumstances. And if it wasn't that way, um, he would, he would have told me we would get it changed. And, you know, just, just to see how God had kind of orchestrated the right people to be in the right place at the right time in my life. Um, sure. Before I ever knew that this was going to happen, you know, it started to bring comfort even in the midst of that, of that turmoil. Uh, so I met with uh, the surgeon and, and the oncologist both on a Wednesday, and uh, they laid out the plan for treatment. The surgeon said uh, he would he would refer me to a uh, call, a colleague who was a uh, liver surgeon to take a look at that nodule. And between the two of them, uh, they decided to do surgery first prior to starting chemotherapy. And um, everything just happened so so quickly. I, that was, I believe, uh, March 30th was the initial. Uh, colonoscopy that started the diagnosis and my surgery was on April 17th. So within less than three weeks, um, I had had, had it's, it's everything. truly amazing. Yes. 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 To, to coordinate multiple surgeons who, who did surgery at the same time, um, get, you know, space in the OR and things like that. It was, it was truly, uh, got it work through all of that. That's great. And so what began, to, what really began to change inwardly for you? Were they, were these, just discussions you began having with God? Did you find yourself opening the Bible and starting to search? Um, were there critical conversations that maybe you and Becky began? Maybe all of that began to happen. So kind of what? how did that all begin to unfold, that spiritual part of your life? It, so it, it, it was almost immediately, um, I think within, you know, two or three days after this all started, you know, as I, especially as the MRI results came back and I knew that, basically knew that it was uh, metastasizing and, and not knowing, um, you know, what else they might find and, and things like that, you know, 
started thinking this could be, you know, this could be the end and the end could be sooner rather than later. Right. And, um, you know, as Becky and I started talking and she was, you know, trying to comfort me, um, you know, I remember telling her, um, you know, I, I, I have to get my relationship right with God. You know, I, I don't have an option. And I, but I told her, I said, I, I don't want this to be, um, you know, I don't want this just to be a bailout because right. I'm, you know, sure. I'm in a bind and, and um, not sure, you know, how much longer I'll be here. So, you know, doing it just for that reason, I said, if, if, you know, I'm fortunate enough to, um, you know, make it through this and there's, there's a path forward, a treatment um, path forward that, that can get me through this. And I have a number of years left. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, I want my life to change. I want, you know, and, and yes. she sure. was very supportive and agreed and, and wanted that for both of us. Um, and so that, that within, you know, even prior to meeting with some of the, the oncologists and others that kind of gave me some hope at that point that there was a path forward with treatment, um, had, had begun pursuing that, um, mm-hmm. you know, earnestly praying yeah. and really searching scripture uh, at that point. And it's been remarkable, Michael, to see the change in you. I mean, it really, it's like something has come alive that maybe was dormant for a long time. And to see you and Becky in church and to see you back there, it's just, it's, it's just truly remarkable what God, what God is doing. Tell us, give us a little update about where you are with your health right now. Sure. So kind of what, it, what is the status, and then people, that way people who listen can be praying for you as well. Sure, absolutely. Uh, so as I mentioned, I had uh, surgery on, to remove both the, uh, the cancer in my colon and my liver on the 17th of April. And uh, that was actually considered uh, curative, the definition, and, and we learned that um, <laughs> that was that was early that that or in the middle of that that week when we met with the oncologist and the surgeon. Uh, but a, as a result of the fact that it started to metastasize already, they also the guidelines uh, require or recommend um, chemotherapy, which in my case uh, is a six month regimen, twelve cycles that occur every two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I just uh, completed my seventh out of 12 cycles, and uh, so I have five left, and um, things have gone, things have gone well. I, you know, there's, it's not without its, not without its struggles and Absolutely. side effects, sure. but, um, mm-hmm. you know, probably the fact that I'm 41 years old, and, uh, you know, as I look around and, and see so many that are, are, are more advanced in age and, and probably physically, uh, I know that takes a, a harder toll probably based on that. So yeah. uh, not been without its struggles, but, but God has definitely um, given a lot of, lot of help there to, uh, That's great. to be able to continue to work and, and, um, and just make it through there with, with the side effects being as manageable as they are. That's great. That's great. Uh, you know, I, I, I watch you, I listen to you. I, you know, I've been, we've been hanging out together quite a bit and I don't pick up, I don't pick up a lot of, sadness. I don't pick up. I know you must have your moments when it kind of comes in and feels overwhelming, but it seems like somehow you have been able to find gratitude and an attitude of thanksgiving even in the midst of this. Is is that true? And if so, how? why do you think that is? It, it definitely is true. And, and and I would say, you know, there, there aren't, there, there are moments when I do struggle, um, but, you know, I think, it, first of all, you know, the grace of God and, and, and the comfort and, sure. and the peace that God sure. can bring can, can, it's amazing to see that that can over, can overcome that. That's right. Um, and I think that, um, 
Take your time. You're yeah. Doing. I, it, you know, I, I think that it, it just, it puts it into perspective that, um, mm-hmm. it, it, I guess it's taught me that life is about quality versus quantity. And I've thought about this many times that, you know, That's if I were so. offered the choice, you know, you can have 40 or 50 more years and, um, not have that relationship with God, not know where you're going when you die, mm-hmm. um, versus, you know, having two, three, five more years, um, but knowing that peace and knowing that Amen. relationship with God right. and what that brings, would I trade that? Would I make that mm-hmm. trade if I had the option? And I have to say I wouldn't, you know, it, it, you realize, you know, right. I've lived 41 years so far, maybe, you know, all things being equal, would have about half of my life in mm-hmm. front of me if, if I lived to an average age. Um, and and um, I, I just I don't think I would trade it, and no, so I think that I it, understand. It, it it does put it into uh, into a whole different realm or a whole different light, mm-hmm. um, just just to know what what I've gained, even in the midst of, of yes. facing the uncertainty of of what this Absolutely. could have brought or st- or still could bring potentially um, in the future. Well, having the hope of eternity is is just such a comforting hope, and that is that beyond this life, there's something more. There's eternal life, a life forever, and and that's that's that brings tremendous comfort and peace, doesn't it? What is God doing in your life that you might like to share? Is there anything else kind of that's been going on in your life that you would like to share with with the audience today? You know, I think obviously it's it's been a time of of growth for me. Um, you know. Despite the, it, it, I guess I, I do have to fight the uh, fact that the the busy the busyness of life does set back in. I've, you know, shortly about with about six weeks after surgery, went back to work and have worked ever since. And um, you know, just this the everyday cares of life. It can yes, it can be a, right. um, a distraction. It was actually you know those those six weeks off while I was recovering from from surgery. It, you know, it was just a wonderful time when you could sit there and read your Bible for hours or if you wanted to, or pray for hours, maybe not read sure. the Bible for hours, but, um, you know, pray, pray anytime you wanted to and, and not have those distractions. So it, it's still a learning process, how to, um, how to reincorporate that, um, busyness that just comes about and, yeah. and always will be there in life, um, and, and continue to grow. But God is, is helping with, with that. Um, and, and, um, so, so that is definitely one thing that God has been continuing to do in my life. Um, it, you know, he's brought, uh, definitely brought an awareness to, I think the pain and, and, and suffering of, of others that, that perhaps, you know, my wife definitely always has had much more than I have, but, and I, you know, I was aware and, and sympathetic, but, but having a, having a different, um, perspective on, on how others may be feeling sure. and how hopefully I can, you know, but we can, we can, help and, and, yeah. and realizing the prayer and the encouragement that you, that, that means so much to, uh, to someone in that situation that's facing a major health crisis or mm-hmm. something, something else significant in that, in their life. Um, definitely is a change that, that has been brought about and in my eyes have been open to that mm-hmm. as well. It you're and you're absolutely right. Going through pain, going through suffering should make, and if as Christians, it, it ought to make us more empathetic towards other people and and really begin to see the suffering of others because we ourselves have been touched by suffering. Well, Michael, it's been great to have you. Thanks for, for being part of the podcast today, and we will be praying for you. We as a church are praying for you, and I hope that those of you who are listening today will be praying for you as well. 
So thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to be here. And thank you, listeners, for joining us today in this episode of Hope Along the Journey. And as I say at the close of every episode, Jesus Christ is truly the hope of the world. If you look to him, he'll help you to find hope along the journey. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about Hope Along the Journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more Hope Along the Journey.